The Productive Woman, Episode 348. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast about productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Well, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. In this episode, I'll be sharing with you my conversation with professional chef Kelly Senye as part of our 2021 Productive Living series. You'll find more information about Kelly, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 348. I'm so excited to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Kelly Senye. Kelly is a professional chef and a television host who appears regularly on the Food Network Kitchen and the Hallmark Channel. Kelly's website, called Just a Taste, draws millions of eyes monthly, and she hosts an excellent and very interesting podcast by that same name. Kelly lives in San Diego, California with her husband and her three young sons, and I have really been looking forward to talking with her about how food fits into making a life that matters. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, I've been looking forward to this conversation for lots of reasons, as we were talking a little bit before we hit record. Uh, even though my household is on the small side these days with our kids grown and gone, I, we still have to eat and getting dinner on the table and, you know, nutritious meals out there that people will eat is, is still a challenge for me. And I know for a lot of people, so I'm excited to, to learn from you today. Absolutely. I've got tons of tips and I always say we all have to eat. So if I can help make that easier for anyone, then whether you've got no kids or 20 kids, I'm going to make it much easier for everyone with a lot of great takeaways and, and recipe inspiration. Excellent. Before we get into that, I, I gave a little bit of a of an introduction to you, but maybe we can start by you giving us a little more look into who you are, where you are, what you do, anything you think that would be interesting for us to know as we start talking about the things we have on tap for today. Yes, definitely. So I'm a professionally trained chef. I went to culinary school in New York City, and I also went to journalism grad school. And then I basically put those two passions together, the food and the media. And I'm going on year 13 of having my site, Just a Taste, which is at justataste.com. And we just wrapped up our biggest year yet last year. We had over 19 million individual people to the site. Um, it was an epic year for us. And I think that speaks a lot to the fact that so many people are home cooking, and I am just thrilled to be able to give people inspiration and guidance on how they can get delicious dishes on their table from breakfast through dessert, because I have a major sweet tooth, Laura, which we will get into, I am sure. Um, so I also am a TV host and a podcast host, as you mentioned. And most importantly, I'm the mom of three little boys, and uh, they are just the center of my universe. They are four, two, and five months old, and they are just an absolute blast. And in addition to that, I just released my debut cookbook called The Secret Ingredient Cookbook, which has been eight years in the making, and I could not be more thrilled for it to be getting into people's hands finally. Oh, yeah. And I'm so excited to read that. It just came out, right? 
Yes, yes. And it has been an absolute labor of love. And I just think the timing of the book with the secret ingredient, it really gives new life to classic recipes. And we're all experiencing cooking fatigue in some way or, you know, or another, whether we're tired of making the same recipes over and over again, and we just want inspiration. But at the same time, it's really important for me to be budget conscious and also conscious of people's time as well, because we all don't have two hours to be making dinner every night, as I'm sure you don't, Laura, because I certainly don't. Yeah, the, absolutely. That's a, it, it, it's an ongoing challenge because I actually kind of like to cook. And way back in the day before I went to law school, when my kids were little, you know, I, it, it, I had the time to spend cooking dinner. I was home all day. And I mean, I had kids to take care of and homeschool and those sorts of things. But it's a different thing now. You feel like, in my case, and I know this is true of a lot of people, I'm working from home and I feel like I ought to be able to put a nice hot dinner on the table every, every evening when my husband gets home from his work. But, uh, you know, work seems to take up the day. And so time is still an issue and we'll, we'll definitely get into that. I wanted to talk about something in, because I, I thought this was interesting and it raised some questions for me in the trailer for your own podcast, which is called just a taste like your website. You mentioned talking about the intersection of food and family. What does that mean to you? And, and, and why is that a focus of what you do on your podcast, your website and your new book? Well, I love this question, Laura, because it gives me a chance to talk about my single most favorite person on the planet, which is my mom, Noni. And she is the best home cook you will ever meet in your life. And she's the entire reason that I got into the food media industry to begin with. And growing up, food was always at the core of everything that my family did. Just as you mentioned, my mom would always have a hot meal on the table, whether we were coming up from school or we were home on the weekends. And we all sat down for dinner together every single night. It was the one point in the day when the chaos, I have an older sister and a young brother. And it was just a moment that we could all be together and recap and really share that meal around a table together. So my mom and both of my parents really instilled in me how important food was to connect us all and kind of give people a pause in their day to really sit down, reflect, enjoy a delicious meal, and just have that moment of connection with each other. Um, so she's really the start of it all. And now that I have my own three little kids, it's really important for me to continue that tradition of sitting down at the dinner table you mentioned this point, which I absolutely love about now that we're all working from home, I actually think that the line has been so blurred between work balance and life balance that it's really easy now to just get sucked into working constantly and even more so than maybe when you were going into an office because you're working in your kitchen or you're working in your bedroom or you're just in a very, you're in your home. You're where you spend, you know, the majority of your time when you aren't working. So I think that that line is getting blurred a lot for people and cooking and sitting down for a meal really gives everyone a chance to disconnect, put the phones away, put the computers away. And that's why on my podcast and on my site, I really focus on family-friendly recipes and recipes that can be on your table in less than 30 minutes and mm -hmm. made with not a whole long laundry list of ingredients. And they're affordable and they're just crowd pleasers for everyone, whether they're two years old or 25 years old, you know, irregardless of age or palate. So that's the goal is to get something healthy, delicious, and quick on the table so that everyone can sit down together. 
Well, and when you talked just now about meals that you can get on the table in 30 minutes, my, my ears sort of perked up a little bit because that, you know, that's a necessity for a lot of us, whether we are coming home from somewhere else and need to get dinner on the table, or as we've said, working from home, but actually working. And so, you, you know, we don't have unlimited time to cook. For me, one way I've been trying to sort that out is I've, I've tried some of the, um, d- you know, meal delivery services like HelloFresh that lets you, uh, and they're not a sponsor, but I've, I, you know, I've been using them and trying to get meals that I can put together quickly. Do you have suggestions for how that can be done without having to subscribe to a, a, a meal service where they've chosen the recipe and put the ingredients together? Definitely. And I think that those meal delivery services are great if you're in a pinch and you want something, but to your point, you don't get to pick the recipe then it's kind of hard to customize. And so what I always recommend to people, my number one tip is what sort of make ahead tips and tricks can I offer to people to kind of break down a recipe so that all of your prep work is not happening in that same, we call it rush hour in our house, which Mm -hmm. is like the four to five o'clock period because we eat pretty early since my kids are so little. So how can we avoid the entire recipe having to be made in that rush hour timeframe? And so I like to provide a lot of make ahead tips and actually two recipes that are my absolute go-tos. These are on my weekly rotation in our house. One of them is chicken cutlets or chicken milanese. You can call it whatever you'd like, but what I love about this recipe is it's just thinly breaded chicken cutlets They can either be made pan fried or even in an air fryer. So they've got a little bit of a healthier component to it. If you'd like, they can be breaded up to a day in advance. And that actually helps the coating stick better to the cutlets. And then my husband and I just do a salad and toss that on top. And my boys, I cut them into little pieces and I tell them they're called chicken uh, chicken nuggets. So basically <laughs> it's one recipe. I've marketed it to my family in 27 different ways, but that way I'm making one meal for my entire family. I bread the chicken that morning. It's all set to go. You can toss it in the air fryer, pan fry it, do a small veggie side, maybe some rice or anything like that. And dinner is done. So that way, all you're doing is cooking the chicken right before dinner. You're not having to go through the additional processes. I like that. Do you have any system for, I don't know, meal planning, I guess, for doing the the thinking ahead of time of what we're going to have on the table and making sure we have the ingredients in? I mean, to me, that's part of it. Identifying recipes is great, but if I don't have the ingredients, I can't make it. Uh, And if I wait until, you know, four o'clock on a Tuesday to start thinking about it, it's kind of too late. So how do we get out in front of that? Yes. So preparation is everything. And actually on Just a Taste, we have over 25 meal plans that actually set you up for the entire week. But my favorite, favorite part of it is it comes with a grocery list Mm. and it's organized by category. It's got all your produce in one section. It's got, you know, all the starches, the carbs, the veggies, everything is organized how a traditional grocery store is kind of laid out. So you get that additional tool. But another thing too, and this is something that I'm very much a recent convert to and not something that I ever dreamed that I would actually utilize, but I love grocery delivery services. So we talked about the meal prep services, but I actually love just getting my groceries delivered, whether it's with shipped or Uber Eats or whatever it may be. I love having groceries delivered to my door. A lot of these companies now They are very affordable and they give me the, I don't have an excuse, I should say, that I cannot cook because I don't have the ingredients. I didn't have a chance to go to the store. I like to eliminate any single possible 
aspect of shopping, you know, cooking, doing the dishes, whatever it may be to speed up the process. So I find that getting groceries delivered at the start of the week, I've got my six recipes planned plus snacks or desserts, whatever it may be. I follow this list and then there's no excuse because we've got a game plan. We can always stray from it, but at least you have a plan going into the week. Yeah, because for me, even back in the day when my kids were little and I was, you know, basically a full-time mom, the hardest part was figuring out what to cook. Yes. You know, finding meals that I felt like were healthy for the kids and for, for Mike and me, but also that they would eat and that I could prepare without having to go, you know, hunting all over the county for some specialty store that had some strange ingredient I had never heard of. Exactly. Yes. I could not agree more with that. And that is exactly how I felt about developing all of the recipes in my book. I did not want to have to force someone to spend $32 on a spice that they were going to use, you know, one teaspoon of and had never heard of and had to be special ordered. I mean, nobody's got time for that. I think like pandemic or not, we, we don't have time for that. I don't have the resources for that. So I completely agree. And I don't think that's changed, you know, whether it was when my mom was cooking or how I'm cooking now, that same mentality, I think it's important to focus on staying efficient, prepping ahead, you know, getting that grocery list and then just utilizing modern technology, which in our case are these amazing grocery delivery services. Yeah. We live out in the country and nobody delivers here, but I can still order online and and just go pick it up, you know, without having to get out of my car. So that still saves time for me if I, you know, know what to order. So on, on that point, and we've talked about this a little bit already, but what suggestions or ideas or encouragement can you offer those of us who want to get those good meals on the table that our family will eat, but feel like we don't have time or for some of us feel like we're not a very good cook. Where would you start us? Yeah. So I think that comes down to two main things. First and foremost, I always encourage people, don't be afraid of starting simple. So whether you're a fantastic home cook, or maybe you're just starting to dabble in cooking for yourself, start simple, start very easy, whether it's a five ingredient recipe or just a quick salad. If you start simple and kind of build up that confidence in the kitchen, you're going to feel way more inclined to tackle maybe a longer recipe. And then I always recommend too, don't be afraid to use store-bought shortcuts. And I'm not saying that means buy a frozen meal, but I just mean if there's some element where you can kind of shave off a few minutes here or there by buying something that's store-bought, there are great options. And I would say specifically with store-bought rotisserie chicken, I can make 101 things, Laura, with a store-bought rotisserie chicken, and you will never know that it was a store-bought rotisserie chicken. But it saves so much time. Like I love a good roast chicken, it's fantastic, but I don't have time to be basting it, you know, every night. They're sitting there for an hour. So I love store-bought rotisserie chicken, whether it's turning it into enchiladas or into my chicken Caesar pasta salad, whatever it may be, start simple and use those store-bought shortcuts. So these are the kind of things that you talk about in your cookbook. I'm, I'm just asking. I haven't, I haven't gotten to see it yet. It's yes, so yes. New, so These are up. all of the sort of tips and tricks that I share in the Secret Ingredient Cookbook. And I think what I love most about this cookbook, which I worked on for eight years, is it's really my 125 all-time greatest tried and tested recipes. So I'm a recipe developer by trade. I've developed recipes for major publications and test kitchens across the country. And this was really my own baby where I got to take 
all of my inspiration in the kitchen, whether it was family recipes I've been making for 25 plus years or just new discoveries from dining out, you know, a year plus ago, back when we were in restaurants all the time. <laughs> um, but I put all of this inspiration together to create these recipes that are family friendly, they're quick, they're nutritious, and most importantly, they all have some sort of surprising twist to them. So I know we talked a little bit about the cooking fatigue and everyone kind of being tired of making the same recipes over and over again. So let's say you're going to make spaghetti and meatballs, for example. I have a great recipe in the book that's spaghetti and turkey meatballs and the secret ingredient. I'm giving you a little bit of a, like a sneak peek here, Laura. So I don't want to give it all away, but my <laughs> secret course. ingredient in my turkey meatballs is actually ground cinnamon, which sounds mm. odd, but I say this about every recipe in the book. This may sound strange, but just trust me on this. So whether mm. it's adding cinnamon to your ground turkey for your meatballs or the cover recipe itself. We have this amazing, silky smooth, 30-minute macaroni and cheese, and the secret mm. ingredient is actually pumpkin. And that does two things. It lends a bright orange color, but it also packs in some very secretive nutrition. So my kids are chowing down on 30-minute mac and cheese that's homemade, like I said, in less than 30 minutes, and they're getting that nutritional value of the pumpkin that you don't even taste because I found a way to kind of disguise these secret ingredients into every single one of these recipes. And that's just two examples of the 125 and I'm getting hungry as we're yeah. listening to this. Although you, 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 you caught me there on pumpkin in macaroni and cheese. I'm trying to envision what that would be like. So well, just think about I'm like butternut squash. If you've ever had a pasta with roasted butternut squash in it, it's virtually the same thing. But I'm just saving yeah. a bunch of time because we're using store-bought canned pumpkin. And then that gets whisked into a very easy cheesy cheddar sauce. And, it just, and then a little bit of nutmeg as well. So you get this kind of toasty, nutty richness. It's just, it, to me, it's the ultimate mac and cheese and my four-year-old and two-year-old eat it, and I don't need any more questions answered at that point, Laura. If they eat it, I don't ask. Absolutely. That's, yeah, anytime you can get something healthy like that into the kids without a, a battle, um, that's that's a big plus in my eyes. Absolutely. So there are so many things I want to ask you, but, but one, one thing I was hoping you could help with is if we want to set ourselves up to be able to get dinner on the table, a good healthy dinner that, that the family's going to eat without having to spend a lot of time, what are some suggestions you could make about this, maybe the staples we should keep in our, in our fridge and in our pantry, the equipment that we need to have on hand? I'm assuming we don't need to go buy a bunch of fancy single purpose tools to, to make this happen. What, what would you suggest? Exactly. And I love that you said that. I am not a fan of single use gadgets, whether it's taking up too much space in the kitchen or it's just not economically worth it. I like to invest in very high quality, simple. It kind of goes back to this idea of keeping things simple, but my, my kind of three top tips would be to get a very good chef's knife. So invest mm -hmm. in a high quality chef's knife, something that, you know, you can keep sharp, you can hone it on a steel. Um, two of my favorite brands, um, totally not sponsored or affiliated, but are Wusthof and Shun, which, um, are fantastic knife brands. They're very high quality. They've got great guarantees. You know, if you ever have 
have an issue with it, but a sharp chef's knife, that's a tongue twister, (laughs) will guarantee that you are going to be efficient in the kitchen. And this is kind of counterintuitive, but this is something I learned on day one in culinary school. A majority of kitchen accidents actually happen when your knife is too dull. And if you think Mm -hmm. about it, it's because you're having to force so much pressure onto an item to cut through it because your knife is not sharp enough. So you're really pushing down and then inevitably the item can slip or the cutting board can slip. So a sharp knife will glide through very efficiently and effectively into whatever you are cutting. It'll keep you safer in the kitchen and it's just a really good lifelong investment. Um, And another thing I love is a great heavy bottom stock pot, something like a Le Creuset Dutch oven, something that has a nice sturdy bottom that you can use for sauces. You can use it for simmering. You can use it for doing your pasta. It's just a really multi-purpose basic piece of kitchen equipment. Um, And then last but not least, I love a good cast iron skillet. And Mm. I'm a recent convert to the cast iron skillet craze, but I have become a huge fan of not only roasting chicken, like I mentioned, and veggies and and searing my steaks in them, but also using them for for desserts as well. I know I said I had a sweet tooth, so I was going to get it back in here Mm. inevitably, but I love doing skillet cookies and skillet brownies and then piling Mm. on the ice cream. So these are all multi-purpose pieces of equipment, a knife, a really good Dutch oven, and a fantastic cast iron skillet. And you will use them for 101 years. And they're such great quality. If you buy a high-end nice one, you will have it for eternity. Okay. So here is a dumb question, but getting really, really basic. If I was going to go out and buy a cast iron skillet and a Dutch oven. Is there a, and I'm only going to have the one to start with. Is there a size I should buy? It it completely depends on the size of your family and how many people you're cooking for. So cast iron skillets typically come, they come in an all range of sizes, but I would say a 10 inch is probably the best place to start. It's not too big. It's not too small. They are a little bit on the heavier side, obviously, because they are straight cast iron, but I love a 10 inch because you can do multiple steaks in that multiple chicken breasts. You can do a good couple cups of veggies in there. Um, so something that's kind of a good medium size to aim for. And I always encourage with cast iron skillets, the reason I love them so much is they heat up so evenly and they sear things and give it such a nice crust. So, and they can go right into the oven. So let's say you're mm-hmm. starting your steak or your chicken breast or your veggies on the stovetop. You can then pop that into the oven, a preheated oven, and it'll keep it warm or it'll can even continue cooking it while you do other things for the meal or other things around the kitchen. So I'm all about multitasking. When we talk about productivity, we got to get one part of the recipe going, let it do its thing mm-hmm. so we can move on to the next part. Okay. And as far as a, um, a Dutch oven, they, what's, what sizes do they come in and what's a good maybe starter for somebody like me? Yeah. So they come in various um, sizes. So they're actually based on quarts. Like the Le Creuset, for example, I believe they have an eight quart and then I think they go up to a 12 quart, but it just really, again, depends. I would start with a medium size because you want something that you can do a good 12 ounces of pasta in. But then also if you just want to do a quick sauce or something like that, um, you know, it isn't overwhelmingly large. And of course, I think the number one consideration too is where you store these items because they are a little bit bigger and bulkier. But like I said, you will have them for eternity, especially if you buy a good quality brand now, it will last you a lifetime. I was thinking as you were talking about these things, remembering back to when I was a kid, my mother had cast iron skillets. And in fact, she had one very small one that was only used 
to fry eggs for my dad <laughs> and she and she stored it in the oven and um as uh, not really relevant to anything but i she often stored it with the little um you know pancake turner she called it that she used to turn his eggs and uh i'd like to bake back in the day and i melted the handles on several of those little <laughs> turners because I would forget to look in the oven before I started to preheat it to be oh, yes. or something. I am guilty of storing things in my oven as well. And then I'll preheat it and I'm like, what is that smell? Oh my God, the Dutch <laughs> oven's in there. Okay. We're going to take that out real quick. So I've developed a habit that automatically these days before I turn my oven on or as I'm turning it on, I look in to make sure there's not anything in there, even though I never store anything in there. It's just, <laughs> exactly. just my memories of melting my mother's little, you know, Turner spatula things. Oh my um, gosh. What else do we need to know? What else? I know you have so much knowledge that I hardly know what to ask you, but <laughs> the, thinking about the, the context of this podcast, this is a, a podcast about productivity for busy women, women who want to make a life that matters and all of, you know, however they define it and get the things done that are important to to them, to us. Part of that, as we've already talked about, is getting food on the table, whether it's just for us alone or for a, a huge household. What are the things that you would want to say to us that we need to know to help us fit food into that? And, and I'm fumbling to ask the question here just because I, I just want to kind of get into your brain and know what you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure my husband says the same thing, Laura. He's like, I'd like to be in your brain. <laughs> so, well, the way I look at it is so obviously we are all, we all have different goals, right? At the end of the day, like I am a mom first and foremost, my three little guys, but I'm a businesswoman. I run a business where, you know, right now we're in a crazy, crazy time and I'm working crazy hours and trying to balance that with the three kids. And obviously getting dinner on the table is incredibly important. So I know we talked about a little bit of kind of the meal prep and the preparation and utilizing those grocery services. But I think it's really important too, for anybody that's working either inside the home or outside the home, one of my most effective kind of tools that I try and use, whether I'm in mom mode or I'm in work mode, is I use this kind of concept of time blocking. So I think mm -hmm. nowadays it's very easy to get distracted and to get pulled in a million and one directions, especially because of social media. So my generation has grown up on social media. We always say, if it didn't happen, on Instagram, it didn't happen. So it's mm -hmm. very easy to get distracted, to be on your phone, to be checking Facebook, to be, you know, putting something up on TikTok, whatever it may be. So I like to use this concept of time blocking. So when I'm time blocking, basically it just means exactly like it sounds, I'm setting aside dedicated chunks of time throughout the day. And obviously my life is very scheduled. I'm pretty much the most scheduled person you will ever meet. And I always say my days come down to minutes, but that's how I feel it's best. I like to pack as much as humanly possible into every single day. So if I time block, then I decide, okay, I'm gonna drop the boys off at school at nine. And then I've got a two hour window, you know, my little, guy naps from 11 to 12. That gives me a one hour window where I'm not missing out. So I just set these blocks of time and I try and look at my day every morning and think, okay, I'm not going to sit on social media all day today. I'm going to give myself dedicated time blocks so that 
yes, I'm checking in and I know what's going on with my business. And yes, there are things that are urgent and have to be answered immediately. But if I set aside chunks of time for different tasks, I don't get as distracted. I don't get as pulled in as many different directions. And I think that's really useful too. And that applies also to getting dinner on the table or even lunch or breakfast. Or I mean, I'm basically a short order cook in my house because I have three kids and a husband and myself to feed. So I'm basically cooking all day, but that's why all of the make ahead and the meal prep comes in so handy. And so many of the recipes too in the secret ingredient cookbook are designed to allow you to prep them in advance. And all of those tips are included as well with each recipe. Like I say, okay, you can stop at this point. For example, even something as luxurious as making homemade cinnamon rolls, which let's be honest, is like a two and a half hour commitment. But if you make them from scratch, Laura, you will never go back. I don't know if you're a cinnamon roll person, but I'm I'm a huge cinnamon roll fan. So I actually have this recipe and they're caramel apple cinnamon rolls and they have freshly oh. grated apples and a brown sugar caramel. And the secret ingredient happens to be rosemary, which sounds crazy, but rosemary and apples go together great. But I provide tips in the book for, okay, you can get them to this point and then you can pop them in the fridge even overnight, let them do their second proof so that all you have to do in the morning is pull them out and pop them into the oven. So I think it's just really important to time block, to utilize recipes, that have these make ahead tips and to just make sure that you're giving yourself dedicated chunks of time that, okay, dinner's going to be a focus today or making breakfast, you know, is going to be a focus today. And that way you're kind of not all over the place. I like to think if I have a plan, I can always stray from it, but at least there's a roadmap. Yeah, I like that. And I agree a hundred percent. I guess I haven't uh, often thought of that in terms of cooking and food and that sort of thing, but, uh, but the concept of time blocking applies across the board to all the things that we do. And it's such a a good use of time because the, the fewer times that you are switching from task to task, the more efficient you can be. And so if you've blocked out a chunk of time to focus on, you know, whether it's cooking or paying bills or whatever it is you want to do. I have to time block to take a shower, Laura. I put put my shower (laughs) I'm not joking. I'm down well, to with the a five minute. month old, I can totally, I can totally see that. I remember the days when oh I had God. five, five kids at home and, uh, yeah, Oh my goodness. So you get it. That. I'm preaching to the choir here. You get it. So I just feel like yeah. if I don't like actually put it in my calendar, okay, I'm taking a shower. Like that's not going to happen. But I think, I mean, honestly, we've all got 24 hours in a day. It all comes down to how you spend it, but I tend to thrive in chaos and, um, it's a very good level of chaos. I I would say that we have going on at our house right now, but definitely balancing the motherhood with working and you as an attorney, I mean, you get this. It's a, these are full-time commitments, you know, running businesses. So, um, I think I'm always juggling 101 things, but honestly, I just try and enjoy every day and just know that it goes so fast when they're little and I'm just trying to soak it up. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you're doing that as you know, as a woman who's reached the stage of life where my kids are all grown and gone and having uh, several of them are having kids of their own. uh, I, I remember when I, my kids were young and the older moms would tell me, Oh, just enjoy it. They won't be that way very long. And I would roll my eyes and think, enjoy. I haven't had a full night's sleep in like six years. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Yes. But 
at the stage I'm at now, I look back and I think they were absolutely right. It's that you, you blink your eyes and they're grown and you're looking back on those days fondly, even, even with all the fatigue and exactly with all the fatigue. And that's why I think it's so important too. We we touched upon at the very beginning when we were chatting about, you know, why is family so at the core of everything that I do? Because I think it's really important to establish those memories. Like I have such unbelievable memories of dinners with my family. And it was just something simple that my mom made. Even if it was tuna noodle casserole, my mom's um, from Gary, Indiana, so like Midwest, born and raised, salt of the earth, incredible human being, you know, potato chips on tuna noodle casserole. I mean, that was like a go-to in our house. And it was a can of, you know, mushroom soup or whatever it was with the noodles and the tuna. And it, it didn't, it wasn't about the food so much. It was just the fact that we were all taking a moment to kind of sit and pause and enjoy a meal together. Those are the memories that I have. And that's what I'm really trying to do for my kids too, because I feel like growing up this day and age where technology and social media is so at the core of everything that we do, it's really mm-hmm. important to just take a moment and pause. And if you can get something homemade on the table, it doesn't matter how extravagant or how simple it is. That's what creates the memory. And, and I think that's what, that's what lasts. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Let me ask this. You've, so you've had this website for a long time, a, a blog where you talk and I'm, we will put links to all of this in the show notes. Cause I love your blog. There's all kinds of neat stuff in there. Uh, you've hosted on TV shows and, and things like that. You have a podcast. I'm sure you get lots and lots of questions about the kinds of things we're talking about now about cooking and about getting, you know, dinner or lunch or whatever on the table. What are, what are some of the things maybe the one or two questions you get asked most often that I haven't already asked? I love this. Okay. I would say I often get asked, um, how do you do it all? with three little kids, because I am very much in the weeds right now, as we say in the restaurant industry, this is kind of like the craziest time of life because everyone is so little. And to the point we were just talking about, I don't want to miss it. So I often get asked, how do you do it all? And I will be completely honest, Laura, there are days. I mean, I honestly, if I don't reach 10,000 steps by like 4 PM, then I, something is not going right that day because I just go, (laughs) go, 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 go. And, um, it's one of those things that I just, it goes back to the time blocking and balancing everything and making sure that I'm as present as possible as a mom. But I also think too, that having my own business is setting a really good example for my kids and for them to see that you can start with literally just an idea and nothing, and you can build it into a brand and a successful business. And I have a wonderful team that I work with and I've really learned to delegate things. It's really hard for me to let go of control, but I have a very trusted team that We are a solid group and people just get things done. And I think it just all comes Mm -hmm. down to juggling and, and picking your priorities and really understanding that, okay, there are going to be days where I am an A plus mom and maybe not the greatest business person. And then there are going to be days when I am crushing it in the business sphere. And then maybe I didn't get to do school pickup that day. And it all just comes down to a balance and kind of accepting the fact that there will be days that are overwhelming and beyond exhausting, but I'm a big, big, big believer, as corny as it sounds, to enjoy the journey because this goes so fast. And my dad always says, life is not a dress rehearsal. And I truly live by that motto. And I I just think it could not be more true. So I just try and find joy and be present as much of it as possible. Good advice for all of us. Well, that raises a question that 
although it's not specifically related to food and cooking and getting meals on the table, this is a question that I've asked every guest who's ever been on this podcast because I, I always learn something every time. You, you mentioned earlier that you have a very scheduled day and a very scheduled life and you're, you have all these systems in, in place to manage the things that are important to you that, that you're doing. But with all that in place and with that schedule and that attitude that you have towards accomplishing things, do you ever have a day when it just, it all gets away from you or you just get completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Yes. 1000%. Yes. I think I actually said this to my husband last night, yesterday. I said, I had a day and he knows when I say that it's like, Oh God, what happened? I'm like, I had a day. It was not good. I had a day, but I always think to myself, okay, tomorrow we're going to start fresh. It's going to be great. But what I try and do honestly is just as quickly as possible, turn the ship in the other direction, you know, kind of redirect. So if things are kind of a mess or, you know, we're having issues the kids are having a tantrum or whatever it is that I'm dealing with. I try and right the ship as quickly as possible. I hate having to think, okay, tomorrow is a new day. We'll start fresh tomorrow. I just try in that moment to change things as fast as possible. Maybe that comes down to like the extreme efficiency in me and just wanting to, you know, I want things to get going in the right direction as quickly as possible. And also too, like we've talked a lot about you know, just really having this mindset of enjoying the journey. So accepting the fact that, okay, maybe this is not the best day, but we're here, we're experiencing it. Let's try and find some sort of element in joy. And honestly, keeping our sense of humor, because as you can imagine with three boys under age five in a full-time <laughs> business, it is, um, I basically live in a circus tent and it's chaos, but it's a really good level of chaos. Well, Kelly, where can people connect with you online if, if they want to see more of what you're doing or maybe they've got a question for you, where, where's the best place for them to start? Yeah. So you can find all of my recipes, which are all free. I post everything online at justataste.com. And then I'm at just a taste across all the social media on Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook, you name it, we are there. And then you can also actually reach me via email. I respond to all of my emails at kelly at justataste.com. And you can find tons of information about where to buy the book. Um, the secret ingredient cookbook is now available wherever books are sold. So you can check out the book. And I also have a ton of great tips in there too, Laura, about pantry and fridge staples and how I recommend mm. stocking your pantry and fridge and then also an equipment list. And then my not so secret kitchen secrets, which I share all of my kind of findings from working in test kitchens across the years and how professional chefs save time and become more efficient and very appropriate to our chat today, more productive. Yeah. I can't wait to read the book. I will um, be getting my copy just as quickly as I don't know, probably Amazon can get it to me. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and we will, again, we'll put links to all of these things to the website and, and all that in the show notes. So if somebody's driving and can't be taking notes, please don't be taking notes. If you're driving, um, you can find all, all of this information in the show notes for this episode. Before we go, Kelly, many maybe most of the women who listen to the Productive Woman podcast are looking for help, advice, ideas, encouragement, maybe in getting things done and making a life that matters. Thinking about how meal planning and the other things we've talked about today fit into that objective. Do you have any last words for the women who might be listening, who, thinking about that? 
I would say don't overthink it when it comes to getting a home-cooked meal on the table. Keep it simple, have either your meal plan or just have a general game plan. Give yourself a starting point and then don't be so hard on yourself. If you try making a recipe and it doesn't work for whatever reason or you don't have an ingredient, don't let that stop you from you know continuing to either pursue the recipe or maybe just scrapping it and doing something else. So I would just say, have a plan. Don't be so hard on yourself. Use those store-bought shortcuts. Start simple if you'd like, and then just use trusted resources. Like I think having online resources and social media and cookbooks, use those as your guides. But I always say when it comes to recipes and to making dinner and getting a delicious meal on the table, a recipe is just a template. So you are willing and able to tweak that however you may to your own taste buds. Use it as a starting off point and just get to a point where you make something delicious, tweaking it however you see fit. Great advice. Something I will certainly take to heart. Thank you so much, Kelly, for taking the time to talk to me today. Laura, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Kelly as much as I did. I am so thankful to her for taking the time to share her insight and encouragement to help us make the most of our lives this year. After my conversation with Kelly, I immediately pre-ordered her cookbook and waited for it to arrive. Uh, It arrived on my doorstep on release day in early May, and I spent some time that same day looking through it and am really excited about it as an addition to my small collection of cookbooks. The photos are great. Uh, The food looks just wonderful. And uh, my copy of the cookbook is already full of sticky note flags that mark the recipes I'm looking forward to trying. Most of the recipes look delicious. They look easy to prepare. And most of them call for ingredients that I already keep in stock anyway. So it's not one of those cookbooks that you get that you think, well, this might be fun, but what is that ingredient? All of them are things that I'm familiar with. And if I don't already keep them in stock, I can get them at my local grocery store. So if getting dinner on the table for your family is part of your productive life, I encourage you to check out Kelly's excellent new cookbook. And I will have a link in the show notes where you can find that. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Kelly or for me or any comments about the things that she and I talked about? As always, you can share those questions, those thoughts, those comments in the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 348. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page. If you're a member of the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, that's a great place to have a conversation about this. I'd love to know, you know, what are the tips that she shared or other tips that you have for getting dinner on the table? Because it's something most of us deal with every day. If you prefer to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com, and I would love to hear from you. And that is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Kelly. I hope you found something in it that is helpful or encouraging to you. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter.